Make sure all seats are in the upright position and trays are put away before we take off. KR Media proudly presents Kingdom Rock Radio with your Bible teachers, Pastor Mark A. Stroud. I'm looking to what the Lord Jesus has in his hand for me. And Pastor Sumiko Stroud. How with God on their side, they were stronger than anybody. Get the latest downloads from our website. You can download today's message as an MP4, MP3, or simply download the Kingdom Rock app to your mobile devices from the iTunes Store or Android Market. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center in Bremen, Georgia. And remember, Jesus is Lord. On today's broadcast, you're going to hear the message entitled, The New Life. Jesus has given to every born-again believer new life through his death, burial, and resurrection. He not only died for you, he died as you and has given you new resurrection life. The old things of life are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We're now new creatures in Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Well, today we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And there you can become our friend on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, become a follower on Twitter, and install our Kingdom Rock app to your mobile device. There's just so many things to do. Make sure that you get there and be blessed. Don't forget to communicate with us as well. Go to our contact page and type in your information. Send us your prayer request. We would love to speak with you. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, The New Life, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. As we continue to dive into the rich word of the Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians, the uh, 5th chapter, 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to continue to dive right into the rich word of the Lord today. On last week, uh, we spoke from the subject, subject of God wants you to live. God wants you to live. God wants you to live. And uh, if you were not able to hear that message, of course, the DVDs available are available in the back. Uh, the entire message is also available on YouTube. Uh, it is available on the Kingdom Rock app. It is available on CD. It is available on um, Sermonette. So it is out there. If you want to hear it, God has been faithful to put it out there. So there are CDs also available in the Food Bank building and uh, DVDs in the back. So you can hear it if you would like to. But uh, God wants you to live. That was on last week. On this week, we're really going to uh, uh, speak from the subject really of new life in Christ. Having new life in Christ. The new life in Christ. So, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Are y'all with me today? Will you be praying with me today? Praise God. You will, you will be praying with me today? As I mentioned last week, it is, this is a heavy burden, man. And sometimes I just need some help uh, pulling this burden along. Amen? And I thank God that I can depend on my friends. So, uh, 2 Corinthians 5. And uh, we'll start here at verse number 14. And I'm going to read from verses 14 through 21. We're going, to get the really, we're going to get the real flavor of this, and then we're going to push on through. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 14 through 21. And it reads like this. For the love, of, the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, 
that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation." Verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, verse 21 is so powerful. We're going to get to it. It is so wonderful. And I am really, I'm, I'm really thankful for y'all. Let me just say this. I'm thankful for all of you that are listening right now, that are watching right now, that are here with us, that have really a heart, a heart to hear the word of God, a heart to receive it, and a heart to respond to it. I'm thankful for hungry people. Hallelujah. I believe um, Deaconess Armstrong would say that too. She loves to cook. So she's thankful for hungry people. Praise the Lord. We like to cook. I love to get into the word of God. But again, we're going to really focus on 21, the latter part of 21, but we're going to go back up to verse 14. The latter part of or rather, rather verse 21 says this, for he have made him talking about Jesus. God has made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin. Look at that. God made Jesus to be sin for us. Wow, listen to that statement. God made Jesus to be sin for us. Listen to that again. God, the Father, made Jesus to be sin for us. He himself, Jesus Christ himself, knew no sin. He did not sin. So why did God make Jesus to be sin for us when Jesus had not sinned? Why is that? It says it that we, you and I, might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus became our sin offering, so to speak. Jesus became our sin offering that we would be righteous in the sight of God the Father. Now that is powerful. That is powerful. Remember on last Wednesday night, we had, we spoke really about Cain and Abel and how Cain's, or rather Abel's offering was received of the Lord, but Cain's offering, God did not have respect for it. And the Father told Cain, Cain, if you do well, don't you know you're going to be accepted? But if you don't, Understand something, 
sin lies at the door. And it wants to have control over you, but you must have control over it. I want you to see two different things there. And that's, of course, in the book of Genesis, the, I believe, the uh, fourth chapter. The Lord told Cain, sin lies at the door. Now, the word sin in that context, if you look at the Hebrew, it means sin and it also means sin offering. Sin and sin offering. Two facets of things that are true here. One, he said, Cain, if you don't do well, sin is at the door. That is that spirit of sin that is, that is coming to dominate and control your life. Now understand something because Paul, the Lord gives it to Paul to personify, fin, uh, to personify uh, sin. He gives it a personality. He even says, when, when I want to do well, I find myself doing wrong, but it is not me. It is sin that dwells in me. It is a thing. It is a being that if left unchecked in you, it can affect your flesh and cause you to do things that you would not ordinarily do. So this is even way back in the book of Genesis where the father brings this to our attention and he brought that to Cain's attention at that moment. Cain, if you don't do what is right, sin, that being, that thing wants to gain control of you and cause you to do something that you would not ordinarily do. What was that thing that Cain did? Because he didn't do right with God. What was the thing? Murder, right? That sin, that being, that entity came in with thoughts of murder. And Cain rose up and killed his brother Abel. I told you that, that there were two facets to the word sin. Sin meaning, uh, of course, that being, that entity. But it also mean, that word also means sin offering. Which means that God said, uh, Cain... Sin or the sin offering or there is some type of sacrifice that is waiting for you at the door. If you do well, grab that sacrifice, master it and put it on the altar and you can give the required sacrifice. In other words, God had a ram in the bush for Cain even then. Remember Cain's first offering, he brought up the uh, wheat or he brought up the grain or the, the fruit that came from the land and brought it up before the Lord. It was not a pleasing sacrifice. Uh, he offered God a sacrifice that did not have blood in it, a bloodless sacrifice. God said, I don't want that. I want blood to be the atonement or blood being a, uh, a symbol of forgiveness of sin. So no matter how you try, you, as they say, you can't get blood out of a turnip. You can't get blood out of an apple. There is no blood there. So Cain offered to God a bloodless sacrifice. And God said, I'm not pleased with that because that was not a picture of Christ. But the Lord told Cain, God the Father told Cain, if you just look... There is a sin offering at the door. Master it. Get it. Put it on the altar. In other words, I prepared a lamb already for your sins. I prepared an offering already, a sin offering for your sins. All you have to do is grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. All you have to do is grab a hold of it and put it on the altar and you will be made righteous in the sight of God. And that's the struggle that man still fights today. 
wanting to bring God a sacrifice that pleases them. This is something that when Cain brought to God, that was something that was convenient to him. It was not what God wanted. It was just convenient to him. But God said, no, I provided a sacrifice. Use what I have provided. Receive what I have provided. And that's going to make you righteous in the sight of God. So verse 21 again, it says, God made him, made Jesus to be sin. That is to be our sin offering. To be our sin offering. To be that spotless lamb that would take away the sins of the world. Now, that we, be, that we may be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, there are five things that we're going to see here today. Five things that we're going to see here today, if there is time. Number one, we're going to see that, um, that before we knew Christ, we were dead. Before you knew Christ, before you came to know Jesus Christ, you were dead. Now, we're going to talk about that. Secondly, we're going to also find out that we died with Christ. Now, that sounds confusion, confusing, but we're going to look into that. Secondly, we died with Christ. Thirdly, we rose with Christ. And fourth, uh, we have new life in Christ because of Jesus, because of him. We have new life in him because of Christ. Um, and five, we have that new life. We, rather, we live that new life in Christ with him and through him. Okay? Praise the Lord. All right, let's look at verse 14 again. We're going to really learn something today. So put your, uh, your thinking caps on. Praise the Lord. Get your notes and pens, your, your pads ready, because we're going to learn today. Uh, we'll learn the word of God today in a powerful, powerful way. Verse 14 says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, or the love of Christ is controlling us, or we are compelled by his love. He says, We thus judge, that if one died for all, who is that one? Jesus Christ. If one died for all, then we're all dead. Look at that in your Bible. If one died for all, then we're all dead. Here again, one died for all. In other words, Jesus became that perfect sacrifice for us. As a matter of fact, we can look at some scriptures. You can write these down if you want to. And John, the first chapter, verse number 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. When Jesus gave his life on the cross for us, when he died on the cross for us, he not only died for us to take the punishment of our sins he also died as us understand not only for us but he died as us hallelujah the punishment that we were supposed to have was laid upon him he became our sin offering and the punishment or the wrath of God was poured out upon the body of Jesus Christ. He died for us. One died for all. Now listen, it says, then we're all dead. Now here again, why did Jesus do that? That uh, here again, John 1 12, he did that, that we might become the sons of God. 
that we might become the sons of God. Hallelujah. Now, if Jesus did that, if that did happen on the cross, and if he did die and the third day rose again from the dead, then that was accomplished. When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he has given us the power to become sons of God. So now I must identify with what Jesus has said about me. I am now a son of God. Hallelujah. Son meaning uh, not implying gender, but meaning a relationship or standing with God. So if you're a woman, you could say daughter of God, but really we could say children of God. Now we're God's offspring. Hallelujah. In Romans 8 chapter verse 28, it says this. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, listen, he also did predestinate to become conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, what does all that say? I don't want to confuse anybody. What does all that say? That says that when Jesus died up upon the cross, he took our punishment. He not only again died for us, but he died as us. In other words, if he was an inmate, we can see someone on death row. And let's say we're sitting in the cell and we're waiting to die. And that, of course, talks about the second part of 21. It says, um, the, he said, uh, Rather, verse 14, it says uh, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. We were accounted as dead. Okay, we were dead. Before we knew Christ, we were accounted as dead. How is that? My birth certificate says I'm alive. The doctor's report says I'm alive. Obviously, the Lord's not talking about your physical physical life that is blood pumping through your veins or air coming out of breath coming in and out of your lungs. He's talking about a, a spiritual death. You were accounted dead. In other words, the wrath of God was upon all mankind. We were on, as it were, death row, waiting for the death sentence. Okay? It's going to happen. Waiting on the death sentence. We were inmates sitting in the room and uh, waiting for our time to be called to the point of execution. But Jesus stepped in and he said, hey, I'm going to take your place. And he takes off your name tag off of your uh, prison outfit and he puts it on himself. And then he tells you, go free. And then he then waits um, the execution time. And then when he steps up, and we can say this in modern day terms, as he steps up and he uh, sits in the electric chair in modern day terms, uh, he's sitting there and he's not only dying for you, he's dying as you. Because his, your name is upon him. And so when all those that are in the courtroom or in the execution chamber, we can say when they look at Jesus, they're seeing Jesus, but they're also seeing you because he's not only dying for you, but he's also dying as you. And so when he dies, uh, he goes, he, he, he carries that punishment, your punishment with him to hell and is inhaled in the lower parts of the earth three days, three nights. And then he rises up the third day. Isn't that right? taking the full punishment for us. Now, 
Um, there's a such thing that is in the um, in our legal system that is called double jeopardy, which means that you cannot be tried uh, for the same thing twice. If you were tried for one thing once and they found you innocent, they can't try you for that again. There's no such thing as double jeopardy. Same thing. Same. It's the same way in the in the courtroom of God. You have actually already been tried and convicted, and you died in the body of Jesus Christ. For why? For all the sins that you committed and also all the sins of Adam, all that has been tried and you've been punished in the body of Jesus Christ. You cannot be punished for those things ever again. Every sin that you committed from your birth until your death, you haven't even reached it yet. Every sin, let's say if you're 30 now, you're going to buy the farm at age 75. Every sin that you would have committed from your birth to age 75, even though you're 30 now, every sin that you would ever committed has all been bought and paid for in the body of Jesus Christ. You cannot be punished for those same things again if Jesus died for you and as you. Because the father, the high judge has already judged all of your sins in the body of Jesus Christ. So it's already done with. It's already done with. All we have to do now is press in and receive what was already done by faith. Jesus has already carried the load for us. Isn't that wonderful? So verse 21, again, let's go back over 21. It says, for he hath made him to be sin. God told Jesus, Jesus, go ahead, son, and, and go on into their cell and pull off their name and put it on yourself. Stick it on yourself. Velcro it on yourself or stick it on there real nice. And you let them go free and you stay in that cell and you pay the price for them so that they would live. That they, that we might be called the sons of God, the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Are you hearing? And so the Bible says again, let's go back to verse 14. It says that if one died for all, then we're all dead. We were all accounted at one point as dead people. Dead, we're on death row. We were still living, but we were waiting for the time, for the clock to tick, for our hour to come up, and we would eventually die. Now, because Jesus has come, remember he told Martha, he said, don't you know that those that believe in me will never die? And that's one thing that the Lord Jesus has done for us. Not only has he forgiven us of our sins, we will never die. You'll simply close your eyes in this place and open your eyes in the next place. The Lord Jesus has delivered us. He has taken the power over death death has no more sting the grave has no more victory because of what jesus has done for us we will never die we will never die hallelujah we'll simply close our eyes here and open our eyes in the next hallelujah and we say well where are we going to be the lord said uh, that he has prepared a place for you So that where he is, you may be there also. So we'll be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm never going to die. Hallelujah. Because Jesus has already taken my place. Hallelujah. So it says again in verse number 14. 
that if one died for all, and he did it for all, all humanity of all time, all humanity of all time, he had every name on him, every single name, your name, my name, your name, your children, the name of your children's children, the name of your great uncles and great aunts and so forth and so on. He had all those names on him. And he not only died for us, he died, anybody, as us. Therefore, we cannot be tried for the same thing again. You cannot be tried for the same sins again because he was already punished in the body of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Well, what do we do now? Now we simply confess our sins before the Father. And he's faithful and just to forgive and forgive us and, and rather and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We confess it because even though we have been let go from the bondages of sin, bondages of that cave, sin, that entity, that being that we talked about from the book of Genesis, still wants to have power and control over your life. And once you confess this thing, confess this temptation, confess these desires that are still within your body. Once you confess it, you begin to break the power of that thing off of you. It still wants to control you. It still wants to dominate you. It still wants to, but you're free now. But you're free. But it still does not abide by the book. It is lawless. It knows what it should do. You're born of God now and it should leave you alone, but it won't. You're going to have to tell it, make it so. You're going to have to rebuke it and declare the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because it is lawless and it wants to enslave you and dominate you. Many a Christian today can still be enslaved and dominated by that entity called sin if you don't confess it out of your life. If you don't ask God to cleanse you and wash you by the blood of Jesus, it will still control you if you allow it to. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. And so, I want you to see this here. It says again that if one died for all, then we're all dead. We were all accounted as dead. We could say uh, on death row, so to speak. Then God sent Jesus. Uh, look at Romans, the fifth chapter. You can make a note of this. Romans 5, verse 8 says, But God committed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet in the prison, Christ died for us. Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us, right? Remember, God made him to be sin for us, to be a sin offering for us, to take our place and to die as us, that we may be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 4.25 says, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. For our justification. Now listen, while we're going through all of this, it's because you need to have a new perception of who you really are in God. You really need to know and begin to identify with the works of Jesus Christ in your own life. 
if you're at home and in if you're if you're uh, really down on yourself, you're really frustrated, you're you're aggravated, you're upset about some things that you've done, and and you're really just you're threatening to leave God and and threatening to to leave the church because you can't stop this, that, and the other. You say, I keep sinning, I keep sinning, I keep sinning, and God, I know He doesn't like me. I know He's punished me over the sins that, that I'm I'm doing. I I know it. I know it. I know it. If you're saying that, then it, listen. Let me tell you, that's not a doctrine of God. That's a doctrine of devils. Why? Why would we say that? Because God has already given his son to die a horrible death for you. To be whipped, to be beat, to be mocked, to be scourged, to be spat upon, to die upon the cross, a horrible death, to die of, ex, uh, of a, uh, asphyxiation, asphyxiation to, that is he died, he suffocated to death in his own blood. He died, his blood was drained out of his body so that we could live, so that we could have a right to eternal life. And then what do we do? We turn back around and say, God don't like me because I sinned. What in the world is wrong with you? The, the father said, I've given my son even to go into hell for you. Amen. Now, I love y'all, but I'm not putting my children in hell for anybody. Amen. Are you hearing? I'm not going down there in hell for anybody. Amen. But the father sent his only begotten son to go into hell for us for those sins that we could have a right to return life through Christ Jesus. So now we have to look at ourselves differently. Look at ourselves differently. If you're born again, born of God, you must have the view of God, God's view of your life. When these temptations or sins arise in your life, we confess these things out of our life and say, no, I'm not that man anymore. That man died. That man died. That old me died. Remember, the Bible says that we are new creatures. Let's look at verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, is anybody in Christ in here? I wonder, anybody in Christ? If any man be in Christ, if you're in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. The old you died. Died. On that cross with Christ and was buried. Remember, that's the symbol of baptism. We are buried with him and we are raised with him. The old me is dead and we have to identify with that. We have to declare that that is dead. That is not me. I don't do those things. I don't walk that walk anymore. As Paul said, it is not I, but it is sin that's dwelling in me. That's not me. That's not me. That is not who I am. I don't do that. I am a new creature in Christ. I am new. I am the beloved of God. Hallelujah. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a son of God. I'm a holy one of God, the elect of God, those that he has called. I have the image of Christ on the inside of me. Hallelujah. And now I'm identifying with what Jesus said, what God says about me. And remember, if you believe right, you will be right. You will act right. Are you hearing? Because you will go, people follow the, the direction of their belief. If you believe that you're a thug, you're going to act like a thug. If you believe that you're a pimp, you're going to try to act like you're a pimp. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You try to be a ladies man and all this other stuff, you're going to begin to swagger like this and that. You begin to act like what you believe about yourself. 
Hallelujah. But if you believe that you are really a child of God and that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, if you believe that and you declare that I am who I am by the grace of God, I am God's child. I'm beloved of God, called to be a saint of God. I am a holy one. His spirit lives on the inside of me. That is not who I am. Those moments of sin do not define you. You have definition through Christ Jesus. And it's time for us to identify with who we are in Christ. And not who the world says you are. And not by what you have done. Sin is also an event. It is what happened. It is not who I am. Are you understanding? Don't allow the enemy to beat you over the head with that. It is, that is not who you are. That is not who you are. Now let me show you this. In Ephesians the second chapter, you can get it or you can just listen to me. It says this, Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 9 out of the King James. It reads like this. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So here again, listen. We, before we knew Christ, we died. We were dead. We were on death row. Because the wages of sin is death. Period. All man died. From Adam up till Moses, everybody that lived died. But now that Christ Jesus has come, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I'm never going to die. I'll just simply close my eyes here and open them there. I'll step out of this body into my new body. Hallelujah. I'll step out of corruption into incorruption. I'll be raised from mortality to immortality in Christ Jesus. So there's no need for me to fear death because death no longer has a sting on my life. Hallelujah. Because I have received the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so we died with him. And in um, Ephesians, the second chapter, it says how we were raised with him. It says, um, and you hath he quickened that is brought to life who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and by and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Here again, the children of wrath or the children accounted unto wrath. This is how we were before we came into the knowledge of Christ Jesus. And every soul upon this planet, every soul on this planet was accounted for wrath before they met Jesus Christ. And if you have not received Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior of your life, if you go to hell, or rather, if you haven't received, there's no doubt you will be going to hell. 
If you have not received him, hell will be home. There is no other alternative because all of mankind is accounted unto the wrath of God. And Jesus Christ is the only way to escape the wrath of God. He's the only way to escape the wrath of God. The only way to escape the punishment of God. By receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Only by receiving him can we escape the judgment that is coming upon this place. If God would not judge this earth, if he would not judge mankind, then he would not be seen as just but unjust. If he did not judge the lawless, he would not be seen as just but unjust. He must bring judgment. And the Bible says that judgment must begin first at the house of God. Hallelujah. But you don't have to worry about that child of God. Praise the Lord. If you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to worry about that. Because why? Jesus not only died for you, he died as you. He took the punishment. The wrath of God was laid upon him for your sakes so that we could escape the wrath of God. Hallelujah. He pulled us, as it were, out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Hallelujah. Some of us kicking in and screaming. But he pulled us out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Praise the Lord. Just like Noah, he pulled Noah and his family out of the dangerous situation by making them an ark. He pulled them out. He pulled us out of Egypt, as it were, going through the Red Sea. And the judgment was upon the earth, and the devil got his just due. God knows how to deliver his people in times of calamity and even in famine and distress. He has saved you. He has healed you. He has delivered you through the body of Jesus Christ. His blood that was shed on your behalf is the only thing that will keep you from the wrath of God that is to come. Just read your Bible, read the book of Revelations. I'm telling you, it's coming upon the earth, but you don't have to worry about that because the blood has already, it's already uh, spoken on your behalf. So we were all accounted by nature as children of wrath, uh, even as others. But God, verse 5 says, but God, rather verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when, he, even when we were dead in sins. Look at that. Even when we were dead in sins. What are they talking about? Us in that prison cell? Even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. He saved us by that grace. In verse 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, here again, we, he has saved us. But not only did he pull us out the prison cell, not only did he uh, die for us and as us, now we're out of the prison cell. And now he wants us to live for him. But when he rose from the grave, we arose with him. And the Bible says that he made us to sit together with him in heavenly places. This means that right now at this very moment that I am seated with Christ. That those of us that believe we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That is far above all principality and all might and dominion and every name that is named not on this world but also in that world which is to come. We are seated with Christ. We are seated with the king. And being seated with the king means that you have 
have authority and that you can declare a thing and see that thing come to pass. God being seated with Christ means that the devil, every sickness, every disease, every calamity, poverty, uh, doubt and unbelief, all those things are beneath me. Shame, guilt, uh, frustration and stress. All those things are beneath me. It's all beneath me. Sin is beneath me now because I seat with Christ. I am seated with Christ. I won't lower myself to get into that because that's beneath me. I am seated with Christ. And if I slip, if I mess up, I will quickly arise and shake the stuff off of me and declare what God has done for me. I'll quickly confess my sin before the Lord and declare to sin that you no longer have power over me. And I'll take my seat once again there with Christ Jesus. I am seated with Jesus Christ and things there are some things in this life that are just below you don't debase yourself by going to those low by going around low fingers and, and low livers and those that have low expectations I'm higher than that I'm not stuck up nor conceited but I know where I sit and I sit with Christ Jesus I'm sitting with the Messiah right now hallelujah and the Bible declares that in verse number seven, it says, it says that in the age to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Even after we get to heaven, even after we get to glory, God's going to still continue to show us his love, still continue to show us his grace. That's tremendous to me. If he didn't show us enough grace by having his son to die for us, but even after we die, he's still going to show us grace and, and mercy and kindness. Hallelujah. In verse 8, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the grace of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm telling you, this is a powerful, powerful, powerful word. Won't be able to get it all to you today. Verse 15, it says, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him that died for them and rose again. The Lord said, now I saved you. Now I released you. Now I want you to live for me. I saved you. I released you. Now I want you to live for me. It is as if a rich person comes to you and says... Well, let's go back to the example of the prison. Well, the Lord says, all right, I'm taking your place. Now you go. The Lord does the work first and he leaves the rest up to you. Are you understanding? He doesn't say, I want you to live a life for me. And if you do it well enough, then I'll die in your place. He does the work first and then he releases you. It is even, we can say it this way, it, it is even as a rich man that, uh, that says, uh, goes to a woman and there's a woman that is heavily in debt uh, and says to her, hey, I'm going to pay off all of your bills today and uh, I'm going to buy you a new house, new car, and I'm going to give you all these things. And uh, I just hope that afterwards that you will come and be my wife. The woman could very well after that point, he, the rich man pays off everything, puts everything in her name. She could very well say, no, just get out of here. I have all your money. I have all your things now. I don't want you. But in, he's in hope and expectation that after all these things that he's done, maybe she will receive him. 
The Lord Jesus has already died. He's already done the work for all of mankind. And he sets now in expectation that you would uh, reciprocate his love for you. That you will receive his love for you. And his love for you is not based upon how good you have been. It's not based on how good you have been. He's already done the work. All he wants you to do is return the love. Just come to him. Just come to him just as you are. That's all the time we have today. I pray you've heard the word of God. We're going to stop right there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I release your word right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, that it has landed in fields. That the word has gone forth as a seed and it has landed in fields uh, with good ground, good, rich, fertile ground. And it will produce a mighty harvest of deliverance into the lives of your people. So today, Father, I do speak that new life. I do speak that new life of Jesus Christ. And that we'll begin to see ourselves not as the world sees us, not as we have seen ourselves. But Lord, let us see uh, ourselves through your lenses and through your eyes. That today we'll have a fresh picture and a fresh realization of who we are in you. That we will not live for ourselves, but that we will live for you. We love you, Jesus, and we appreciate all that you have done. So, Lord, I just release the seed. By faith, Lord God, I release the seed of your word. In Jesus' name. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.